Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I am Pete. And we are going to do a Stack Marine today. <laughs> we got three claws and no pause. We're going to jump right into it. What? I mean, pause. P-A-U-S-E. Oh. Not pause like, oh, I'm a little Wolverine. <laughs> what? <laughs> Meow. Oh, Is that God. what they say? What, are they, what do Wolverines actually say? I don't think they say anything, man. They probably say, boop. <laughs> Just a little furry animal walks up to you and goes, boop. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. Uh, Wolverine's back in the Marvel Universe. We're going to talk Woo-hoo! about some other books, but uh, there's three Wolverine books yes! on the stands today. So I figure because it's just me and Pete today, Justin is off working at his professional job. Yeah, he's got like a career that he's trying to get he's, off the ground. He's launching a new TV show. Oh, I work in television. I'm a big deal. Anyway, he's not here, so we're going to do three Wolverine books. Uh, so let's yeah. jump into it. First one, Return of Wolverine, number five, finishing up Charles Soule's Return of Wolverine. Right, exactly. Now, Wolverine was dead. He was encased in a statue. Finally, in this issue, we find out exactly what happened to him, how he got out of that statue. It all ties into this mysterious villain named Persephone. Uh, she Beautiful uh, name. Evil lady. Uh, yeah, arguably. Arguably. All she really wants to do is resurrect all the dead on the earth and make them work hard. That you don't think that's an evil plan? It's not an evil plan. They say rest in peace for a reason, Zalbin. I always say rest in pieces. <laughs> oh, man, you're creepy. I have a side job as a crypt keeper. Yeah, that makes sense now. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Uh, what did you think? How did this tie up for you? Were you satisfied with the whole r- return of Wolverine storyline? Um, I'm happy he's back. I thought this was a fun book. I think that it was, uh, I wasn't like, Oh, that is so amazing. But uh, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I mean, you know, you try to shoot Wolverine in space, he'll just ride a satellite all the way back, man. He doesn't care. Yeah, I mean, listen, this was the big superhero epic Wolverine, which honestly is not my favorite Wolverine, but Mm -hmm. I do think Charles Soule wrote it very well. As you mentioned, 
Yeah, and as we talked to him about on our live show, if you're going to bring Wolverine back like he did, you want to do it in a big way. Yeah. And as you mentioned, it ends, I mean, this is a spoiler, but it ends with Wolverine riding a satellite crashing to Earth, burning up, landing in the ocean, and the first thing he says is, you guys got any beer? I mean, that's... If you... You know, ride all the way from space back down to Earth. You're going to want a beer after that. You deserve a beer after that. Absolutely. The other thing that I appreciated about this series is it did wrap in the X-Men and it wrapped in those characters, but it really was trying to tell something new and different with Wolverine, yep. Um, yep. mixing in a new villain. It wasn't Mr. Sinister. It wasn't Omega Red or anything like that, doing some sort of master plan to bring him back. It was something new. It was something fresh, and I'm excited Plus, to see that character going forward. I think it's very relevant right now, you know. Um, I really want to see where you're going with this one. Because eventually all this technology is going to misunderstand us and try to make you know, the world better by bringing back the dead and oh making them work Here's or something I, like that. Guys, you know? if any of you listening to this podcast are going to do that, I will sign the fuck up. What? Bring me back. What? You want to come back and have to work as a mindless zombie? Not as a mindless zombie. Just bring me back. I don't care the cost. Really? Yeah. Bloodsucker, zombie, doesn't matter to me. It's all good. Dude, when you get back, you're just going to be this old, decrepit thing. Oh, but make me young as well. (laughs) (laughs) But like a better young and maybe like a hotter and like a little taller. Not crazy tall, but maybe like four inches taller would be nice. Oh, man. I'd feel a little little more. Yeah, but who would you be then? You wouldn't be you. More muscles. Better hair. Oh, oh, God. You're you're describing a stranger. Sure. I'd like to be a stranger. <laughs> oh, man. You'd be completely somebody else. No, thanks. Leave me dead. If People you... in the future, when you unearth this podcast, <laughs> leave me dead. Uh, here's the problem is they're going to hear my description of what I want to be, and they're going to be like, uh, that slightly shorter guy with the beard. That's him. Bring him back. That's Alex. <laughs> oh, no Do way. It. I, I, uh, We're about the same height. I'm joking, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, how tall are you? I'm almost 5'7". On my license, it says 5'7". Oh, me too. I'm also almost 5'7". <laughs> 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 oh, boy. Good podcast. <laughs> right, let's move on to the next Wolverine book. This picks up right after the end of Return of Wolverine. But this is by uh, Jerry Dugan. Wolverine Infinity Watch, number one. This is also picking up on the Infinity War storyline and a bunch of other things that have happened, including going back all the way to Marvel Legacy. Uh, I know you were looking forward to this because the cover was Wolverine Claws popping out of an Infinity Gauntlet. How'd you feel about it, Pete? Uh, This actually was a lot of fun, I thought. I liked the uh, old man Wolverine coming through as the Dark Phoenix, you know. Like, I thought that was amazing. I thought that was kind of a fun... Uh, twist on the character. I I think this is interesting. I want to see where this goes. I think this did a good job of setting up a fun premise for our old boy Wolverine. Yeah, listen, I think this is fine. There's some fun stuff throughout. I'm excited to read the second issue because it really starts getting to go at the end. Yeah. But this was like reading one long, insane recap page, the entire <laughs> issue. And they do recap a bunch of stuff. It's so much stuff. And I, there but so- you love recaps. I don't. I don't like reading an entire issue of recap. I like oh. to see story in it. Oh, okay. 
you know, a, but what if you a listen to a book, podcast that sure. somebody just recaps a bunch if of I shit? If I listen to a story podcast and they're like, "Here's what happened previously on our podcast," and then I'd be annoyed. Okay, all right. But if I'm sense. listening to a recap podcast, Pete, I'm expecting a recap. Well, I disagree. No, that's surprising to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's fun to see Wolverine and Loki together. As yeah, I, I thought that was a. Good moments throughout. Uh, all the stuff with the old Phoenix Wolverine is also fun. Uh, I don't at all understand the choices in terms of the Wolverine who has been showing up, th- been popping up throughout the Marvel Universe is not the same Wolverine. It's not the same Wolverine. Granted, Jerry Why Dugan, would you think it is? Jerry Dugan has fun with, like he has fun with that concept, but it really feels like the story veered off at some point and they made a weird decision and then had to retcon it. That that's how it reads to me, which is fine. It happens. It's comics. You. No, you think this is well mat- uh, meticulously planned from the beginning? No, I just think that it was just he was just having a little fun. Why can't you just poke some fun at some stuff? You know the I mean? Wolverine who showed up with the Infinity Stone driving a beer truck was a different Wolverine, right? Than the one that we've seen, right? I thought that was fun because he's driving a beer truck. I guess, but why? I mean, why not? If you got an infinity zone, why not show up places in a beer truck? I know I would. <laughs> if you're I, criticizing me for wanting to come back to life, but you're like, I have an infinity stone. First thing I do, beer truck. Oh, my God. Do you know how excited I would be at any point in my life if I showed up with a beer truck? Here's a crazy fact that I actually just learned. You could drive a beer truck without an infinity stone. That's an actual <laughs> job that people could have. Right, right. Yeah. But if you have an Infinity Stone, definitely it's, you can drive it greases beer, the wheels. Beer truck <laughs> yeah. Anywhere. Definitely if you walk into a job interview for your beer truck driving job, <laughs> and like, I do happen to have an Infinity Stone. That's where they keep them. Yeah. I mean, that's where <laughs> they all are. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, I've seen I've you, seen the Incredible Hulk movie with uh, Ed Norton. They got blood <laughs> and soda. They got Infinity Stones and beer. All sorts of stuff is going on. Now, what did you think about the reveal when... Uh, when he opened up the door to the mansion and uh, Red was there. What did you think of that? Uh, I, I thought that was fine. I thought that was good and fun. I'm glad that there was a nice twist there that we weren't playing on the typical Wolverine, Jean Grey relationship again. Uh, I assume it was Jean Grey and not uh, Mary Jane Watson, right? Yeah, don't, yeah. Do, do, don't do that to or me. Or Cheryl Blossom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, uh, I thought it was like a what the kind of just fun moment, and then it yeah. was gone, yeah. yeah and no, then clearly listen, he was like, Again, yeah. fun moments throughout the book. I, yeah. It, it was, like I said, a lot of recap, but there's a fun setup here, and I'm excited to see how it builds and where it goes. Last Wolverine book we're going to talk about, this is from Greg Pak, Hulkverines, number one, Hulkverines! <laughs> so, if you haven't read it, Greg Pak wrote a great title called Weapon H, yep. where this army guy uh, as was experimented on by... Uh, oh my god, Weapon X program. I don't know why I blanked on that. Uh, and he was given the DNA of the Hulk and Wolverine, so he has the claws of Wolverine and the healing factor of Wolverine mixed with the Hulk. Oof. He can kind of control the transformation. Uh, but that series ended... This is picking up right where that left off with him trying to set up a life again. Uh, But as you can figure out from both the title and the cover, uh, two other characters get very involved here, the Hulk and Wolverine. I thought this was a blast. I love this book. It was great. The only weird part for me was uh, Hulk Vereen trying to have a family. I'm like, 
dude, this isn't going to end well for you, bro. <laughs> but he knows it's not going to end well, right? Yeah. You know, I, I think it's a fun character. And I what I like about this book a lot, beyond the fact that the leader is the villain and the leader is absolutely one of my favorite characters in oh, comics. Oh, you are the leader. I am? You are. Because I, I got a big fat head. <laughs> oh, my God. No, because you're evil. Oh, you okay. consider yourself an evil de- genius. Great, thanks. I don't think I could take people down with just paper, but I appreciate the thought regardless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so leader, great villain. Uh, but also what I like about this is very quickly, uh, Greg delineates the difference between the Hulk and Weapon H, yeah. where in the book, he is definitely a different character, but it's a little harder to tell whether they're not face to face. Same thing with Wolverine. I think you're going to get a sense as the series goes on what the difference is between these characters. And I really like that a lot. Yeah, it's a great idea. Greg Pak is a master when it comes to writing, uh, you know, a Hulk. So I'm very excited for this book. And it's also, it's interesting he's writing a different Hulk here, right? Because yeah. this is the uh, current horror Hulk that's happening over and in not, a, Yeah, the in Amadeus Cho uh, Hulk that he wrote for a while, which was great, or too. Or the previous, the World War Hulk Hulk. So he's written a bunch of different versions. Yes. But uh, I think he does a great job of channeling the take on the that character there. Uh, it's big action, as you'd expect. I, I Again, I thought this book was a blast. And honestly, of the three, I think it was my favorite. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. So hard to pick. They were all so great. It's a fun, though, to have Wolverine back and a bunch of titles. And it's an exciting time. Yeah. Hey, listen, if you're going to have Wolverine back, put him in 46 titles, right? As if yeah. no time has gone by. Exactly. Let's do it. Moving on to some non-Wolverine books from DC Boo. Comics. High level number one. This is a new title. Uh, what did you think about this, Pete? Well, first off, the art's fantastic. Um I you know I think this is an interesting setup. I'm excited to read more. It was kind of your typical first issue where it's like, okay, here's this character, here's her problem, how's she going to deal with it, you know? But <laughs> sorry, just real quick, you mean the introduction of every story that's ever been created? Exactly. Great. Um, yeah, and it was also like, do you do we need to see her in her bra and stuff there? I don't think so, but they put that in there anyway. Uh, yeah, I. I'm excited to see where this goes. I think it did a great job of setting up the world, setting up what's going on. I liked her little robot buddy. I'm excited for this. Yeah, so this is... I, I know I just made fun, but I do agree with you that I think they could have skipped by a lot of the setup. We know the book is called High Level. We know that she's since she lives in low level and she says she doesn't want to go to high level, she's going to have to go to high level. We get introduced to the reason she's going to get have to go to high level at uh, the end of the book. And to be totally clear, high level in this post-apocalyptic society is the, as you'd imagine, like richer, more beautiful area. She lives in the low level, the lower... Uh, destitute post-apocalyptic area. So I think we could have skipped up past all of that. Like, I, I think there's something to be said for character development and there's good character development throughout. Uh, like you said, the art is really beautiful, but I don't know. We've, we've seen this story, sort of story before, so I want to see what's different about this. Yep. What's going to be exciting and new about this. That's all. So will you be picking up the second issue? I will. I, they, they gave me enough that I'm on board. Okay. How about you? Uh, yeah, I think so. Just because I'm curious to see how this will differ from the typical mm-hmm. post-apocalyptic story, and the art is great. Yeah. All right, moving on to one that we're not going to spoil. It comes out March 13th. 
Riverdale. Don't season- spoil it, Alex. I know. I do it all the time. Riverdale season three, number one. This is by Nicole Osto, who uh, wrote the Riverdale the day before novel that was released a little while ago. But this is an official tie-in to Riverdale season three. It's showing stories that kind of run parallel to what's going on, but they have been coordinated with the writer's room, so they're in canon. They do, if not affect what's going on on screen, certainly bounce off what's happening on screen and flesh it out a little bit more. So what do you think? I know you've been uh, not the biggest fan of Archie comics. Was this more your jam? Did this feel like this tied into the series? Well, the art was fantastic, and it's just hard. I don't know what it is about. Like, I love the show, but for some reason that doesn't translate for me. I kept being like, really? this is in your wheelhouse. Get up for this. Come on, get excited. And it wasn't until Cheryl stabbed Jughead <laughs> with a cheeseburger <laughs> to death that I really oh, got into okay. it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I get it. You're joking. You have I to am. Give me a little heart attack <laughs> yeah. for some of that, Pete. Because if you've never listened to this podcast before, Pete's the one who spoils everything all That's the time. That's right. All the time. Yeah. Uh, I, I like this. I thought uh, Osto really nailed the voices of the characters. Uh, I think it came through. I have no idea. There's two stories in the book. I have no idea where either of them are going to go or how necessarily they're going to tie back or weave into the show. Um, but it, it does a good job of setting up the mysteries, and I'm fascinated to see what happens next. Do you, do you, because I watch the show so much. Do I watch Riverdale? Yes. No, but when they talk, do you hear the actors' voices or? No, it's weird. I hear them in like very thick Cockney accents. Oh man, you've (laughs) got a weird. You've got a weird mind. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, no, I did. That's what I'm saying is I think uh, they did a good job of channeling the voices of the actors. I was just wondering if in your head, when you read it, you hear Cheryl's voice when Cheryl's talking. Yeah. Chuckhead's voice. Yeah, I think so. Do you? Yeah. Great. <laughs> I was just wondering if that was just going on in my head that. or if it was also going on in yours. That's I, all. Hey, everybody processes things differently, you know? Yeah, I was just wondering, all right? Yeah. Uh, for example, uh, my wife and I talk about this all the time. Oh, boy. When I, when I read things, I picture them in my head, right? right. Not co- comic books, because I can picture those with my eyes as well. But uh, bookie books, when I read those, <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I picture the stuff in my head. I, I flesh out the scenarios. I see like I'm watching a movie in my head. Right. My wife does not do that. I don't understand how she reads or so then what happens anything. in her head when she's reading. Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. How can nothing be happening? This is my problem. She's not reading it. I don't, I don't know. I can't understand it. But then she also, for example, she could hear a song once. Mm-hmm. Remember the entire song. What? I listened to a song a million times and I'm like, I can't remember anything. So that's weird. That also gets me upset where I've like heard a song so many times. <laughs> I should know it. Yeah. Because it's ridiculous how many times I've listened to it. Yes. And for the life of me, I can't. Yeah. Everybody has different memories. Yeah. I guess is my point. Wow. Yeah. We really learned something today. <laughs> we sure did. Uh, so pick that up when that's out March 13th. Uh, moving on to an image comic book, Exorcisters number five. Now, we uh, read and reviewed the first issue of this. I thought it would be interesting to check in, see how it's doing. Um, I really like this issue a lot. 
I gotta say. So, if you haven't picked up the book, it's about, as you can figure out, kind of from the title, two sisters. They're a little mercenary about it, but they fight evil, investigate mysteries, and things like that. Uh, and they've gotten themselves way in over their heads in a fight between heaven and hell that gets a little more complicated than that. There's some great mythology building stuff that happens in this issue that I really enjoyed a lot. Uh, the art is great. I was very impressed with this issue, and I'm glad we checked in on it again. Um, let me ask you something. Can we spoil stuff? Yeah. Dude, this fucked me up, man. I'm never looking at shadows the same. Oh, so the bad guy is uh, shadows, like all shadows. Yeah. Is what's revealed in this yeah, issue. Yeah, I'm scared of shadows. Um, yeah, I I really liked the the first issue was good. I, I thought it was, I think it's getting better as it goes. I'm excited to see where it goes. Right now, it's, I feel like, okay, we want to get our main characters here and then see what happens. So I'm excited. But uh, I don't know, man. The problem I have is just how cool the other sister was after she got banished to hell. And then, like, years later, her other sister, like, showed up and got her. And I was yeah, just man, like. That's why I'm hoping they bring me back. I hope I die, go to hell, and come back cool. <laughs> I mean, I know that's crazy for you guys out there to think since, you know, I'm the cool one. Oh, my God. A <laughs> uh, lot to unpack there. <laughs> but, yeah, I just I feel like they're rushing where I want them to kind of. And I guess it says how much I care about the characters and stuff. So kudos to the book. But I feel like the rushing past moments where I want them to kind of sit in it a little bit. I want to hear from that other sister and how she feels about stuff. Because yeah, right now I it's just. Well, I think this was a big exposition issue, mm-hmm. um, even though there is some actiony things that happen here. But uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where this goes, though. All right, moving on to another advanced one, also coming out March 13th from Dark Horse Comics, Calamity Kate number one. Uh, I had no idea what this book was about. I had no idea where it was going. I thought it was a different book in the first half than it was in the second half. Very you surprised. You like to split fucking shit I up. Do, it's so dumb. But I was ve- it is not dumb. I it was surprised dumb. by the second half. I And I enjoyed the second half. Or but you it, could just say you enjoyed the book. Well, you don't have to split things in two, you but fucking... But it does split in two. There's a twist that happens about halfway through that completely... It's revealed. one book. It's not two books. I, I, well, maybe fucking write it differently. <laughs> than, oh, my no, God. You're an asshole. <laughs> no, I like the first half, but I really enjoyed the second half. Okay, good. What did you think, Pete? Oh, man, the first half was great. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, you, it had me at Lincoln Town Car. I mean, that thing was a sweet <laughs> ride. I haven't seen the old Lincoln like that, and it brought me back. <laughs> oh, so great. Uh, I just wanted more rolling around in that Lincoln fucking shit up. <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. You should watch a little show called Supernatural. Yeah. Um, uh, did you like the book? Yeah, it was fun. It's. Uh, I liked the main character. The twist, I was a little like, all right. I mean, I think we could kind of talk about the twist because it's part of the pitch of the book. Yeah, I think we can. Don't spoil uh, it. But no, I'll, You're I'm not gonna, supposed to. I'm going to spoil it. Oh. Uh, it's uh, this woman and Kate uh, travels around the country, kills monsters. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> you don't see any monsters for the first half of the book. Very surprising. Once they come in, it's very funny. Uh, There's a good tone to it. The characters are very clear throughout. Um, And there's a lot set up in the first issue that I think is going to play out really nicely over the course of the series. I love the kid. Yes. Everything throughout. Like, it definitely feels like your sort of book. It feels like uh, it's not exactly the same thing, but it feels like a spiritual heir to uh, a hack slash kind of just mixing the monster hunting with the comedy. Um, Good stuff. 
Yeah. Also, I really appreciated. I got mad because they cut away from action. But then you get a cut back to it, so I was very happy. Oh, there you go. Moving on to another DC comic book, Naomi number two. Oh, this is by Brian yeah. Michael Bendis and David Marquez. And we really like the first issue of this book. It was about a girl growing up in a small town, keeps missing Superman when he shows up. Uh, but she finds out two things in the first issue. One, this is the first time a superhuman has visited her small town. And two, the last time it happened was on the day she was dropped off with her parents. Or on her, ber- on her birthday, right? Yeah. I I don't believe in coincidences. Well, that's what she spends most of this issue trying to find out. Uh, what did you think? Do you think this picked up well from the first issue? I love this book. Wow. I wish Bendis could find this in Superman because he's kind of driving me nuts in Superman right now. But this has a lot of heart. It has a lot of purpose. I love the direction. I love the characters. I also love the fact that the big guy. Wait, can we spoil this? Yeah. <laughs> the big guy has like an emotional moment. He's like, I'm not ready yet. I was, it's beautiful. It was amazing. Yeah, so she confronts the mechanic who she's never really talked to before. Yeah. He's the one who reveals that she this happened on her birthday. Uh, and as you said, she immediately wants to know all these answers. Like, was I adopted? Are you my dad? What's going on? And uh, yeah, he just has this blow up. But they contrast the physical enormous physicality of the character with this deep emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. Uh, Fantastic. It is. If you were a fan of ultimate Spider-Man in particular, this is obviously a very new property, but it really channels the deep emotion there. Um, Adoption is clearly something that uh, Bendis cares about and knows about from personal experience a lot. And he's channeling that into the characters as well. Uh, yeah, I think it's great. I'm really excited to see how it turns out. Yeah. Uh, particularly because it seems like it's speeding through the mysteries very quickly, which I wouldn't necessarily have expected. Yeah. But I just feel like the pace, the tone, this is just fantastic. This is Bendis just killing it. Yeah. Last one we're going to talk about another image comic to check in on Middle West number four. Now, again, we reviewed the first issue of this by Scotty Young. Uh, the idea there was it's a sort of Wizard of Oz esque land with some robots and mysterious things going on in magic. Uh, and a boy has to deal with his abusive father who turns into a tornado. It was. An incredibly powerful issue, incredibly emotional. This we're picking up, uh, obviously, a little while later. He is on the run. Uh, he ends up in a carnival and is scouring around for as food. As you do. As you do. And meets some new characters here. How would you feel about this? Uh, I loved it. But what's great is Scotty Young is writing this. He is yes. not drawing it. Yeah. Oh, so you hate his art is what you're saying. Fuck you, I hate his well, art. Well, you're saying one of the great things about it is he's not drawing it. You know, if you would let me finish uh, it, it's goddamn crazy sen- rude. Pete. You know it's rude not letting me finish his sentence. Yes, rude. that's true. I know. So what I'm trying to say is you see this amazing art and you think, oh, Scotty Young's killing it again. It's not Scotty Young. He's actually writing it, which is great. Yeah, well, he's been doing that for a while. I mean, he did the art on I Hate Fairyland. Right, he did. But Deadpool, he uh, wrote and is writing. Uh, there's a couple of other Marvel titles that he's been writing, so he's definitely been flexing that way. Uh, yeah, he's gotten only better and better as a writer, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's impressive. I mean, I know his art's phenomenal, but it's nice to read something that, and enjoy the writing that he's doing. What I love about this world right now is its approach to weirdness Mm -hmm. that it's not overwhelming. It feels like 
20% Oz and 80% the real world, but everybody accepts how things are and they all know how they are, uh, which is kind of a fascinating thing. Like, I think that's really interesting to see a world like that. That's just like a little bit magic, a little bit technology, mm. a little bit weird. Um, and the, the thing that happens at the end... Do you spoil it, bro? No, I'm not. But it gets back to that powerful emotion from the first issue, which is really the undercurrent of everything, where most of this issue is a little more of a romp, is a little bit more fun, but eventually loops back to that. It's really mature storytelling, and I think that's great. Let me ask you this. Yeah, man. Do you think because he's such a good artist, that helps his writing of a comic book? Because he's not just thinking about the writing and the stories, also thinking about the art and how that all fits in. Well, here's the interesting thing about Scott Young. When he reads things, he can't picture them in his mind. (laughs) (laughs) Don't compare yourself to Scott Young. I'm married. Scott Young is my wife. (laughs) You wish you I, I think I think that does help, certainly. I mean, if you can, I don't know, not to speak for Scotty Young, who... Uh, it looks like you're going to anyway. But I'm going to do it. Whoa. No, but I think generally speaking, artists, if really they can picture the world in their heads and flesh them out, it doesn't necessarily end up on the page in every single way, but it'll help inform your writing and help inform the characters. And certainly he is... An artist, and I say this in the best way, prone to exaggeration. Mm-hmm. So I think being able to channel those emotions also probably helps a lot, that he's able to push his characters to extremes because he's used to drawing in that way. Well, that would well, be my guess. The last couple of panels were just absolutely fantastic. Great, just like pace, and then the way it's like telling the story and then kind of like, oh, shit. It was so great. Yeah, very good. Definitely pick it up. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m., I want to say. Yep, 8 p.m. At the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York City. Come on by. We'll chat with you about comics or resurrections or whatever you want to do. Or Wolverines or or Hulk. Yeah, either way. Or both at the same time. Pete, what else do you want to plug? Uh, please friend us on uh, Facebook. Uh, so that way you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. And also just tweet at Greg Pak. Tell me he's amazing. <laughs> uh, also uh, follow us at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. And we'll see you at the comic book shop. Yeah, 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 yeah.